I um, I stopped uh, jogging, hmm. but I kind of took up biking. Oh, yeah. So I have to. You have to change my my drop to I exercise. I exercise. <laughs> <laughs> that should be easy. I just yeah. remove the don't. I exercise. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And today we're talking Minute 90 of Predator. Minute 90 you could call the Julius Peppers, the Jean-Pierre Paul, the... Mm. And Dominican Sue, oh, uh, and of course, most importantly, the Mac Moore of minutes. Mac, 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 Mac Moore. Wait, who is Mac Moore? Uh, I'm glad you asked, because you always <laughs> ask now. <laughs> uh, Mac Moore played for two different teams for what is listed as two years in Pro Football Reference back in the '80s. And I believe he played in all of two games and recorded one tackle. Well, so, uh, pretty he's heavy finally hitter. getting the recognition that he's due. <laughs> finally. <laughs> he's probably listening to Predator Minute thinking like, man, I, uh, there's there's an outside chance they're going to, no, there's a good chance we're going to say your name, Macklemore. <laughs> Almost sounds uh, like Macklemore. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got some good good footballers there. Yeah. And Dominican Sue. Hmm. Good. A little dirty. <laughs> A little dirty, dirty Mike. A little dirty, dirty Mike. <laughs> but uh, none of none of these are Hall of Famers. There were no ni- number ninety Hall of Famers in the NFL yet. But I think if there is one, probably Julius Peppers would be there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he'll probably get there. Yeah, yeah, he's like a great college football player, and he's a great pro football player too. Now, not to pull the curtain back too far, but uh, mm-hmm. you made a few notes about the number ninety. I did. In particular, yeah. In particular, movies that came out in 1990. Yeah. Would you believe that this is the summer of sequels? I am shocked. (laughs) Sequels had an amazing year in 1990. Yeah. Uh, Do you Do you mind if I run through some of these? Go for it. I mean, I was amazed. I was like, I mean, once I found one sequel, I had to keep going. Like, how many sequels? <laughs> this is the year, like, Hollywood's like, we can make sequels? Okay, it's not a two on the end. It'll be good to go. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I mean, 1990 is, I've always felt like, is an amazing year for movies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you like genre films and action films, I like Total Recall, one of my favorite movies of all time. Is mm-hmm. Hard to Kill. Hard to Kill, you know, classic. <laughs> That's your profile picture, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, you know, uh, Hunt for Red October. These are all good fellas. These are all fantastic films. But Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop. It's not a two. Tales from the Dark Side, which I know you would love. Ooh, I do like that movie. Yeah. Tales from the Dark Side is unofficially um, Creepshow 3. Ah. If you're familiar with the Creepshow movies. Yeah. Uh, but Those anyway, that's a whole, movies. Yeah. That's a whole, that's its own whole discussion. Um, anyway, uh, sequels in 1990, Die Hard 2, uh, Predator 2. Yes. Robocop 2, Gremlins 2, <laughs> Troll 2. <laughs> Delta Force 2, Child's Play 2, 
These are all fantastic sequels. Even Troll 2. Troll 2 is considered one of the worst movies of all time, which is a silly designation. It is terrible, but it's certainly not one of the worst movies of all time. But it is really bad, which makes it fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. It's one of those universally uh, worst movies listed on any kind of worst movie list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you watch it, it's uh, I mean, it's a low budget shitty horror movie, and it is bad. Um, but uh, yeah, I would not discourage anyone from watching Troll Two. Uh, Troll Two is a heap of fun. So <laughs> is, is that the one where the guy is saying, "Oh my god"? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like zooms in on him. And he's like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> It's like he's they're killing her or something they're like kill, that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> they're <laughs> killing her, they're eating her brains yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find it and drop in the drop, right? Yeah. Here. They're eating her. And then they're going to eat me. <laughs> right, right, right there, and and here too, just for good measure. Oh my god! Yep, <laughs> the troll two quote two. Okay, but man, the diehard. I mean, really, uh, to be honest, the diehard two, Predator two, RoboCop two, mm-hmm. and my, one of my personal favorite sequels, Gremlins two. That is a hell of a run for sequels. Yeah, and I would say uh, if we'd put. I could easily group Predator 2, Gremlins 2, and RoboCop 2 together as a, a much more satirical take on the originals of each of those. Even though RoboCop mm. 1 was heavily satirical, yeah, uh, I feel like RoboCop 2 like takes that satire and, and really runs with it being more satire than in an action movie. I feel like RoboCop 1 is more like satire wrapping around an action movie right. and like... RoboCop 2 is is the opposite or whatever one makes more sense that where RoboCop 2 has like the guy just straight up jumping out the window in the beginning. Right. And RoboCop 2 really leans into like, I mean, RoboCop, the original has a ton of gory violence, but RoboCop mm-hmm. 2 has some like sadistic violence oh, in it. If, so if you mean. Remember. Yeah. It's got like like the the, kid is the bad guy. (laughs) The woman, he like crushes her skull or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's some crazy like lawnmower man stuff like that. (laughs) Right. Well, and gremlins two is, is full on gremlins two is kind of like Texas chainsaw massacre two, where like Mm -hmm. they just took the, or even evil dead two, where they took the premise of the first one and it's almost a remake rather than a sequel. Mm. Right. It almost mm-hmm. is, uh, but it's remade uh, with heavy satire and uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of meta humor. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever seen the key and peel sketch where they break down gremlins too? No. Oh my God. Okay. Anyone out there, if you have never seen this, just Google key and peel gremlins Two. the entire sketch is key and peel like in a boardroom and they're pitching the idea for gremlins Two. Oh, yeah, I have seen this. And people yeah, are just throwing and, out all the ideas and they're like, yep, yep, yep. And all they're doing is actually explaining the plot of Gremlins 2. <laughs> and when you hear it just broken down uh, plainly like that, yeah. you realize how bonkers of a movie it is. 
Yeah, because a Hollywood studio had studio had to come up with this and like okay, all the choices in it. Right, right. Like you know, someone was like Joe Dante, go do your thing. All right. <laughs> it's kind of like Die Hard one in a way, but just with Gremlins. Yeah. They take yeah. over that big corporate building and like they just go nuts. Well, and there's a bunch of wacky shit in it. Like, oh yeah, like they at one point like Hulk Hogan, yes, breaks through the the movie screen, like breaks the fourth wall and is like talking to the <laughs> audience. Like it is out of control. <laughs> That's it. I don't even care anymore. We got the Hulkster in this bitch, so it's done. I don't have any more time. So let me just recap right now. It's Brainy Gremlin, Spider Gremlin, Bat Gremlin, Lady Gremlin, Googly Eye Gremlin, Electricity Gremlin, Hulk Hogan's gonna be in the bitch. I'm gonna throw in a Gremlin myself. Vegetable gremlin, just write it up. I'm having so much fun, thank you. It's all gonna be in the actual film. Now I gotta go put some cowboys in Back to the Future 3. Sayonara, y'all. Oops. Now, okay, you guys know that none of that is gonna be in the actual movie. Do you think the Grimsters can stand up to the Hulkster? Well, if I were you, I'd run the rest of Gremlins too, right now. Sorry, folks. It won't happen again. <laughs> Super uh, weird. Yeah. But that's one that was always on. I, I know I talk about this before, but that's one that was always on HBO when I was a kid. And so, mm. you know, by the time I was a teenager, I had seen Gremlins 2 way more than Gremlins 1. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it became one of my favorites. Yeah. Even Predator 2, in my opinion, has a few more of those goofy moments. Like uh, I think yeah. about like the King Willie mm-hmm. decapitation where he's like screaming and then it cuts to the predator walking predator away holding with, his head. Yeah. yeah. Like in that kind of frozen scream, that rigor mortis kind of scream. That's a great, that's a great, scene like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it, i think predator 2 has a few more goofy moments yeah well i mean gary Busey is like yeah over the top in that movie <laughs> a fucking alien a fucking alien <laughs> yeah oh. all right man all right good good run of sequels 19 yeah good job I, I, two of my favorite video game sequels came out on the NES, Super oh. Mario 3 and Mega Man 3. Nice. Yeah, Mario. My six-year-old daughter has just started getting into Mario 3. Oh. Yeah. I haven't showed her showed her the uh, the whistle warp trick mm. yet. I'm going to yeah, blow her mind whistles. soon. Yeah. Um, gosh, anything else? So I guess 90 is a big anniversary, Mark, right? This is our 90th episode. You could call this our yeah. stone anniversary. Oh, or like what did past- you get me, John? Oh, man. (laughs) I got you a big rock that you can hide behind when a predator is firing lasers at you. I got you a kidney stone. Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) Really hurt, but you know what? You're worth it. (laughs) Thanks. You're the size of a piece of whatever, salt, but it hurt a lot going out. It sure did. Ugh. Uh, and a couple other honorable mentions here for 90, 1990, Ice Ice Baby comes out and You Can't mm. Touch This comes out. Oh, two classics that we two all classics. heard at our middle school dances. Good Lord. I wore out the tape of my Ice Ice Baby of To the Extreme. Sorry. To the Extreme. The I had that album as well. I also had Please Hammer, Don't Hurt Him. Yes, I had that too, but yep. definitely Vanilla Ice was more my jam at the time. Just yeah. wore it out so much where the 
I think I think this happened with this tape where the tape broke and then I tied it back together. <laughs> yes. So there's <laughs> there's a part halfway through that tape where like it warbles is like because it's playing the other side backwards <laughs> and then it goes <laughs> it keeps going that's great <laughs> yeah did, so did you listen to the, all of that album i'm i've i i did i i can't remember it now 30 okay. years later or whatever but um i did i had the full album i remember listening to it all the time yes yeah it's like so many like just personal classics you know <laughs> like I, I like I never run across anybody who knows things like what having a Roni. Having a Roni. Holy shit, I remember that song. It's a one minute, ten second song where it's like what it's like having a Roni. It turns out if that's vanilla ice doing the beatboxing, he had some skill. He had some uh beatboxing skill. <laughs> oh my god, I remember now I'm gonna go on Spotify. I'm gonna go back and listen to that album. Wow. Listen to it right now. If that's him, he is good. <laughs> I bet it wasn't. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. Uh, but all uh, right, good good times. We're running up into like the nostalgia factor now. With these yeah, nineteen ninety lives lives strong in my heart. I love yeah, it. go 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 nineteen ninety go. Mm. <laughs> nice. That that'll come later. That's ninety two. I think that's true. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> go ninja. Go ninja. <laughs> yes, exactly. Never the last time. But let's talk about the minute. That's why we're here. All right. How does this minute open and close? You ask. Well, I I'm do. glad you asked those questions. But minute <laughs> ninety opens with the predator firing its laser cannon into the trees near Dutch, and it ends with Dutch seeing something as he crosses. That oh-so-famous log. Oh, that log. That log is front and center in this third act of the film, isn't it? It really is. It's there at the opening and it's there at the closing. But I believe we're meant to think that this is a different log. Mm. But we'll go there when we're there. So we'll take on the first, about (laughs) half of this minute, the first 25 seconds. Ha! Back! (laughs) (laughs) That was a stretch, but I'll take it. That was a stretch. (laughs) I need to put in there something that rhymes with Dylan just so I can rhyme that rhyme that out. I'm chilling. Dylan. Chillin'. Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh-huh. first 25 seconds. We carry over from last minute. The mm-hmm. predator continues firing his laser cannon into the trees. Dutch falls out of the tree into a pile of leaves. He then runs through a small ravine or ditch while the predator fires at him from behind. Dutch then dives, screen left, where he then spits up blood and looks around, pained. They got me. <laughs> All right, so again, we get some great wide shots here with explosions happening up in the jungle and the silhouette of the predator down on the log and i don't know why i just i fucking love these shots i talked about this last minute like these just get me excited my goosebumps go up in my arms i just love these wide shots with the sparks coming down from the trees Mm -hmm. i don't know do you feel the same way (laughs) i do now that you uh talked about just how much you appreciate that kind of shot and how much you know how cinematic that is and how much kind of work that goes into it it's it's all the more impressive just from a scale standpoint because when the predator is firing that laser into the trees is it's creating these huge firework size explosions like we're meant to be impressed and it is very impressive and it's 
reflecting off the water and the sound is booming much again, like fireworks. Yeah. Um, and like, especially like at second eight of this minute when it, it pulls back even further and we get a super wide shot and the silhouette of the predator is super small on that log mm-hmm. and the shower of spikes and the explosion that comes down. And if you're watching this on like a, a nice surround sound system, like that explosion is just enveloping. Like you mm-hmm. feel it through the whole room and you get the shower of sparks with the smoke on the dark background. Oh man just gets me hyped up. Yeah. And in that shower of sparks included is, is Dutch falling from his perch. And I have to wonder uh, if he had that planned out too. Did he have it planned where he could land safely on a pile of, you know, uh, soft leaves kind of like a stunt man would. Yeah. That's a good question. Cause we don't actually see, I mean, we see the explosions go on. We don't see specifically what causes him to fall out of the, mm-hmm. the tree. We just assume that he must've been close to one of these explosions. I mean, I guess that we get a quick shot of him at a tree. Oh, I guess we do right at the beginning of this minute, we get a shot right at the tree. So that's probably the thing that made him fall. But then, yeah, it, it, this looks tough cause he's coming down head first. And then yeah, he just on, curls his head the last minute, lands on his back, right in those leaves. I don't know. Back. back. It's, a, it's a cool landing. I really like how he lands. It's uh, it's a very stuntman-esque. And for all we know, that's him or the stuntman. We don't really know because the shot cuts before we see him. Yeah, he and he's away. covered in mud. It's hard to tell, see his face. Yeah, you can cover anybody up in mud and do that. But it's, it's a really cool stunt. looked like it would be fun to master that kind of stunt where you could do some kind of movement in midair and right. land on something soft. Yeah. And so obviously there must be like a mattress there underneath those leaves that he kind of bounds off of and then rolls away. I'm watching it now. There's clearly a mattress. Yeah. Like if you watch that second 12 or 13, as he's crawling away, like the whole forest floor shifts as he's crawling away. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Kind of the whole thing wiggles. Yeah. Yeah. The whole thing's wiggling. So from there we get a, a shot from below and Dutch mm-hmm. is kind of he's he's moving and jiving. He's got like his his football moves going on here as he kind of shimmies his way down this little path and takes cover behind the rock just in time, huh? Get down, get down, get down, get down behind the rock, <laughs> stone anniversary. Fire Remember the hole, the right? <laughs> I, this is anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> you know he knows his minute ninety. He knows he knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. This is like another really cinematic shot and the way he's running out the camera, it's like terrifying if you're watching this and being in his mind. If it's from the Predator's point of view, not nearly as terrifying because you just Mm kind of see Arnold kind of running this way and that, but he's like running at the camera. The explosions are right behind him, basically exploding in our face too. It's really raises the question for me of, you know, is the predator able to see him at this point? And if so, like, why isn't the predator just running down there to further flush him out? I, I, I kind of take this to mean that there are probably two different, uh, or not, two different takes on what uh, the predator is supposed to know at this point. I think, yeah, like in this take, we see the predator knowing right where he's going because he's like firing right behind him. This isn't into the trees anymore. But the next shot that where we see the predator just to spoil a little bit the second half uh the predator is kind of taking his time pursuing and he doesn't really pursue until he sees a leaf moving that 
Arnold brushed against. Yeah, well, this this little mini sequence here is it's really kind of straight out of a war movie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, oh yeah, you know, just kind of running down, you know, getting fired upon behind behind him, and he kind of dives for cover. You know, really feels like it was pulled from a war film or something. But um, just kind of fitting in with the logic of the film, I would assume all these explosions are clouding the predator's vision. Don't you think? Mm. Like if he if he's really in heat vision right now, as all these things explode, I mean, perhaps he can see enough of Dutch to know where to fire. But I have to imagine that all these hot explosions happening all over the place are starting to cloud his vision. And and at a certain point, he he may lose Dutch as Dutch is running down this little path. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're the opinion that the whole way through, the predator has a good idea where he's going. Well. Uh, he must, I, you know, it doesn't elaborate on, on how or why, but he must have seen something that caused him to fire right down it in Dutch's direction, right? Because, I mean, he's firing specifically at him as he yes. runs down behind that rock. Right. So he saw enough to know he's in that area, but uh, not enough to get his aim on. I don't know. Get your aim on. Get, to get, his aim, get your aim on, Predator. Yeah. Yeah. Well, regardless, I really like. Um, gosh, this this the scene is just again so cinematic. Like, yeah, it's fun. Like, duh, it's a movie, but like you could definitely see this in the theater and just appreciate that in all its big screen glory. Because another piece I really like about that is as Dutch is run away from the explosion, the predator is just calmly standing on the log in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they sneak a rack focus into this where they're focused on the predator Mac. at. Uh, at first and Dutch is kind of a little bit fuzzy when, when Dutch approaches the camera um, back. Yeah. Thanks. It's kind of late uh, <laughs> on that. Sorry. But as Dutch approaches the camera, he kind of clarifies. And I think the background becomes uh, unfocused, but that's covered by explosions. But I love how the predators just standing there, like kind of the sentinel, just this unfeeling monster, just firing, firing. You see the smoke and you see the explosion from the shoulder cannon. Yeah. It's really cool because this effect, like clearly they had to have explosives on the ground, mm-hmm. right, to, to explode here as Dutch runs through this area. Um, but you can also, when you, you're right, when you slow down the video and you look at the Predator up there on that log, they've got charges happening up there. Like there are small explosions that are coming out of the Predator's cannon right there. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I don't think that, you know, those aren't after effects. Like smoke no, is no. coming up, like that's those are practical effects that are, uh, being fired back there and it's it's really cool looking when you watch it all in real time yeah it's it's definitely the real effects that yeah old school practicality that they're uh, employing there oh man this is this is uh we're we're into it now this is fun we're getting close to the end of this uh film john yeah it is uh ramping up right at the right time thankfully yeah, hmm. Hmm. yeah. all right well uh do you have any other things to add for this section uh, i really like when he ducks behind the log, there's the explosions kind of still going on, but those a little bit muted in the background. I think that's a great little Hollywood touch to kind of put you in the same place as Dutch, like a little bit out of the danger zone for right now, but there's still, you know, there's even like a little hole behind him in the rocks to just keep illustrating that the predator is not giving up. And you can see the flame, I think from, um, his original fire behind him too. Yeah. That's kind of another like war movie technique, right? When, when our character ducks down into a foxhole or finds refuge behind something yeah, and foxhole. we, 
we, the audience, follow that character. The camera follows them. And then all the explosions become muted. So as the character is getting a little breather and a break, you kind of do too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that technique. It really, it's effective here. Yeah. Yeah. It's nifty. It's, it's something you could watch in a silent movie even without right all the explosion sounds. And I think you'd still feel uh, the same way. But Right, right. I'm ready to move on when you are. Second part. We're going to take this from about second 25 till the end of the minute. We cut back to the predator whose body, whose body is uh, surrounded by the blue electricity and his left gauntlet is sparking. Uh, apparently it's broken or fried or something's wrong with it. The predator then pushes some buttons on the gauntlet and the electricity stops. We cut back to Dutch who's painfully trudging down the ravine and he pushes past a small tree causing it to sway. We cut to predator vision and the predator can see that swaying tree branch. The predator then begins chasing Dutch by hopping off the log and bounding down the ravine. Cut to Dutch walking carefully across the log until he stops when he hears a predator sound coming up ahead. Hmm. End minute. Yeah, so Dutch really uh, shoots himself in the foot, so to speak, here. Right. He brushes up against the tree. He's been so careful. Uh, I think he just this might be a clue that he's uh, running out of steam now. He's just walk. He's run away bloodied. It's the first blood we've seen in a few minutes uh, and it's just coming right out of his mouth. And yeah, yeah, yeah. just brush it right against that tree. That part's a little shocking when, because we haven't seen Dutch real injured, you know, uh-huh. and when he opens his mouth there and it's all bloody and, he, and it's kind of dripping down his, his chin, it's kind of like, Oh shit, our boy is hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you make of the the blue electricity and, and the fried uh, arm piece of the Predator here? Um, well, it's, it's not our first – and I really should have done some research. Sorry about that, about the like the technology piece, like, oh, what is he doing? Um, but it's not our first electricity sparkling effect. If you remember 10 minutes ago, uh, right. minute 80, the Predator comes out of the water after falling down yes. the same – jumping off the same waterfall as Dutch. Uh, as he comes out of the water there, his body is covered in that kind of like Emperor Palpatine blue lightning. <laughs> right. Um, and when he does that, he still pushes the buttons on his wrist blade or on his wrist gauntlet to make the sparks go away and he decloaks. It's interesting continuity wise. I, I think maybe looking back on it, the effects people would probably say, oh, he should be sparking the whole time since Dutch shot him with that explosive arrow. Mm. I think that's what they meant to have. And so I think it's a little continuity error, but you know, who cares? It's probably Yeah. So we're to understand that this, uh, this, uh, malfunction of his, uh, of his little armband there is caught was caused by Dutch's arrow explosion. Right. And this time I think it's permanent with the water. Clearly, uh, he could turn back invisible after whatever he right. <laughs> air dried it or whatever. Right. Maybe that's why he went running off after the water confrontation in the first place. He <laughs> really needs to dry his suit. Otherwise, it can't turn invisible. Yeah, but it's not too bad, whatever it is, because he just hits a couple buttons and the whole thing kind of turns off and and he yeah. seems to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have to I'll, – I'll do a little bit of research. I'll figure out what the whole electricity means because I, I'm, I'm curious now. I'm sure the AVP Galaxy or the Xenopedia would mm-hmm. uh, point me in the right direction. So after the branch sway, predator vision shot. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. I, I, I really like, well, I like the part right after that 
when the predator is kind of bounding down those logs. Mm-hmm. And because they do this thing again where they, I, it's not in slow motion, but mm-hmm. it's it's slowed down slightly. Am I right thinking that? Yes, uh, yeah. because now we know in John McTiernan's commentary, they had to support Kevin Peter Hall with like giant bungee cords, basically. Right. It's because such a the cool suit effect, is, though. The suit is so heavy. I think they say it weighs 200 pounds, which boggles my mind. I don't know. That's crazy. Uh, It's super effective, though. It gives him like this, just sort of this floaty, uh, what what word am I looking for? Kind of gracefulness as he kind of jumps through the jungle that, I I don't know, it's it's intimidating. Yeah. He's like this big, heavy creature, yet... He kind of moves effort, effort, yeah, effortlessly, you know, down these obstacles, and uh, the way they shoot that and kind of slow it down slightly, just I don't know, makes it makes it very intimidating. I, yeah, I think, it, I think it's a good choice. Reminds me of uh, Ninja Turtles. It heavily reminds me of Ninja Turtles. Right, right. Talking about came out in 1990, a couple right. years later. Yeah, it, it, that's you're exactly right. Very similar. And you can see his dreads a little bit. You can see his mask a little bit through the mist. I like how they keep up the mist effect. Yeah. Um, just kind of keeping it mysterious, a little bit obscured from and vision. And the Predator knows that you need to wear a mask to stay safe. Yeah. Everyone needs to be like the Predator. <laughs> exactly. And he, I think he prefers, I don't know, does he prefer the social distance killing or the uh, kind of like endanger, endangerment killing? I think he prefers, I think we've seen so far, he prefers to be socially distant. He likes to fire the trees, yeah. I mean, he kills Blaine from a distance, but kills Hawkins up close. Mm. Uh, he kills Mac, well, maybe he's six feet away. Yeah. But, I mean, he's he's kind of straddling the log over Mac. He um, kills Dylan, not socially distanced. He kills Billy. I don't I don't think he kills Billy socially distanced, and he kills... But he gets uh, Poncho's distanced. So so half and half. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, so far with uh, Dutch, he's been all distance, but I don't think – we don't know yet. We don't yeah. know that the Predator means to be distant yet. <laughs> mm. I mean, the Dylan death was kind of distanced. Dylan. Thank Dylan. you. Dylan. Yeah, I mean, like half of it was distance. Yeah, and then he came up and – that's right. And then he, right. he broke the rules. He, he broke but he kept rules. his mask on, so. Yeah, he kept his mask on. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> still aware. He doesn't want to spread the disease, whatever he has, possibly. Right. <laughs> Man, so relevant in 2020. Someone listening in the far future is going to be like, What? Is that when they started wearing masks? <laughs> is, that what, yeah. is that why we wear masks today? Because of Predator? And the answer <laughs> also, to that is yes. <laughs> yes. Also, who's listening to this in the far future? That's a, that's a bigger question. <laughs> Right. It's like Bill and Ted's. It's like yeah. our podcast somehow saved civilization. <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Station. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. All right. All right. So then we come back to the log, our famous log here. Yeah. I think this is the same. And John McTiernan even talks about it a little bit in the commentary. Mm. Bless his heart talking about the movie. It's great. Wow. Good job, John. <laughs> Yeah, good job. Hey, thank you. And good job, John. <laughs> uh, he says he kind of, well, I'll talk about, he'll, he has some stuff about Stan Winston first, and then we'll talk about the log, if that's okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so John McTom, John McTomentary, John McCommentary <laughs> is talking about Stan Winston, who of course came 
to the rescue in terms of the creature design. Yeah. Uh, he says Stan Winston came in, looked at the costume pieces, and then went to work for a week or two just purely designing the costume, just sketching it out, um, adding the extra uh, mandibles, adding the Rastafarian dreads mm-hmm. um, to, to the point where John McTiernan kind of laments that fact that people take that hairdo to relate, to say something um, possibly racist uh, to Africans when in no way would that be in Stan Winston's mind or McTiernan's mind? It's just a whole feature that they added. I've heard, I've heard this critique before that it, mm-hmm. it, uh, some people feel like it gives the predator like an, an urban flair that's supposed to be reminiscent of, uh, of yeah, like a, a different race. Right. Um, and I, I, I guess I can, I can see that argument. I don't know if I agree. I don't agree, but for what for what it's worth, it's there. But if people want to make that connection, I guess they can. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't personally. It's just I thought it was just a cool detail, right? Um, but that's not my that's not my background, so I could be wrong. Anyway, uh, the second part, or kind of around or in between his Stan Winston talk, he's also talking about that concrete tree. I believe this is the first time he mentioned the concrete tree. Mm. Uh, I think I've been referencing it as a concrete tree this whole time, but I don't remember if he has yet. Mm. Um, but this is the same concrete tree we saw uh, when Billy was killed uh, on the log. That's the yeah. same one. Um, it's the same one that we saw Dutch lifting his torch and yelling to the predator, obviously that's it's the same setting. It's supposed to be the same one that the predator is firing. Ah, that the predator is now firing his lasers on. But then it ends with Dutch. I think we're supposed to believe this to be a different log, but it is clearly the same log. And we're going to talk about that more next minute as we see what Dutch does on that mm-hmm. log. It would it would be hilarious if it's intended to be the same log. Like Dutch does this whole loop of trying to lose the predator. <laughs> right. and he goes right back to where he came from like ah the, the closer we are to harm the the further we are from danger yeah <laughs> right, i think i'm mixing that up it's from lord of the rings <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's like the closer we are to danger the further we are from harm something like that the closer we are to danger the further we are from harm i, I think we're meant to meant, meant to think and uh john mctiernan says it took a crew of 50 let's say workers two weeks to build it he says this word he says he it, he said it took a crew of 50 peonies two weeks to build it. I looked up what peonies means. I couldn't find anything beyond flower. So I don't know why he uses that term huh. where he's, he's a little bit mumbly. So he might be saying something yeah. else. Yeah. So 50 dudes, two yeah. weeks built this concrete log and it's amazing. Yeah. We'll have to name it. Yeah. We do need to give it a name because it shows up so much here in this third act. Mm-hmm. It showed up in the second act a little bit. At the, at the yeah, end of that's it, right. When, yeah, when Billy died, log log jamming, uh, log jamming, could be. Yeah, uh, yeah. Carl Hungus was in log jamming, right? <laughs> he was. He was. was <laughs> we could just call the log Carl Hungus. It was his breakout role. <laughs> yeah, the Carl Hungus. My name is Carl. He's been expert. <laughs> the Carl Hungus of logs. Oh, yeah, and and it's weird, right? Like they built this however many ton log and it has to still be there. There's no way like they took it with them. Do you think it's like still set up as, Oh my God. Or maybe a broke. So right. I never thought about that. It's probably just freaking sitting there in the jungle. Like they're not going to haul it out. There's no reason for that. No, probably just left it there. 
Yeah, and this is in Palenque, so this is in the Yucatan yeah. area of Mexico. It's not near Puerto Vallarta, so I don't think it was a tourist attraction. Yeah, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of people coming by screaming about environmental regulations. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, right. probably just probably just left it there. Right. Looks like a log, just leave it in its natural habitat. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. So, yeah, so we, we end the minute with Carl Hungus uh, <laughs> providing the, the next set piece. Good yeah, job. Walking on Carl. All right. My name is Carl, he's been expert. Yeah. yeah. And then at the very end here, we get uh, the, the, the look up because he hears a noise. Mm-hmm. We get wide eyed Arnold kind of staring right past the camera. Yeah, to, to the tune next? of to the tune of little predator sounds up ahead, and it, like uh, like I've said all this movie, this is his Spielberg face seeing yeah. something before we know it. And now that we know the predator's uh, camouflage is all jammed up, that if he sees the predator here, he's seeing the predator in all its glory. Mm, true, no, not yeah. not just like a shimmer. Right, right. He's getting the full the full meal deal. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well. Um, I think I'm good on this section, unless you have more to add. Uh, sure. The last little bit I'll add here is, uh, as usual, is the script difference. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, in the script, Dutch is totally trying to hunt down the Predator. Dutch is not. Well, I take that back. Dutch does make a trap in Predator's original script. He just did a lot later than when he does it in the movie. That was kind of a surprise to read ahead and find out that. But uh, not only is Dutch making a trap, but he comes across a trap that the predator made kind of like this electric web kind of trap, which I thought was interesting Hmm. um, seeing it mentioned here in the original script. Cause as we know, predator two predator definitely has some kind of web like weapon that uh, kills people when he entangles them. That's right. I forgot about that. We see it in predator two and we also see it in AVP. I can't remember one or two when the predator uses that, electric net on an alien. Mm. I still have never seen those movies. I've never seen the AVPs. I, I, I don't heard. think I've seen them all the way through either. I've yeah. just seen like bits and pieces and I've watched the kill count. Maybe uh, that's with- sacrilege for uh, diehard predator fans out there. But uh, I just, <laughs> you know, sometimes you hear something is so bad and you just realize, you know, I don't need to tarnish my love of the predator with these movies. <laughs> 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 yeah, might as well just yeah keep it as pristine and yeah uh, pure with these first couple. Yeah. Uh, well, cool. Interesting. All right. Have we done it? I think we've done it. I think we've talked uh, our stone anniversary minute 90 pretty well. <laughs> so uh, now we talk about recommendations. What do you have to recommend for the listeners, Jeff? My recommend this week is an easy one. I am going to recommend a movie I watched. It's probably one of my favorite movies I've watched this year. It's up in there. It is a comedy. Some might call it a romantic comedy. Uh, It's also uh, got a little bit of sci-fi in it. Uh, And it stars Andy Samberg and is called Palm Springs. Palm Springs? Palm Springs. And this is streaming on Hulu. It's a Hulu original movie. Mm. Um, Palm Springs is a film that played at Sundance and got some buzz there and Hulu bought it up and uh, distributed it on their platform and uh, honestly it's like the movie that I needed right now it is um, if, if you've never heard of it it's a it's a comedy in the style of Groundhog Day 
Um, oh. Andy Samberg is stuck in a, a time loop. A time loop. Time loop. A time loop. Time loop. At his uh, girlfriend's sister's uh, or girlfriend's best friend's wedding. Um, and uh, I don't really want to say too much because I don't want to spoil all the great uh, scenes and beats in the film. But um, for all, those of us that are kind of stuck in quarantine, maybe you're home with your spouse, maybe your kids, and you're starting to feel like every day is the same. Uh, hmm. This is a great movie uh, to give you a little comic relief. Um, on top of that, it's just an awesome script and Andy Samberg and shoot the woman that is the female lead. And I forget her name, which is Kristen Milioti. Thank you. You looked it up. Uh, yeah. She's fantastic in it as well. Um, it's funny. It's sweet. Uh, it's the most I've laughed out loud at any movie I've watched this year. Um, so please check out Palm Springs. I, I can't recommend it enough. It was really fun. Awesome. That sounds that sounds so awesome. Yeah. Okay, well, it's, it's, sorry, not R- have to check it out. Yeah, it's an R-rated comedy. So put the oh, kids to perfect. bed. Yeah, and throw it on. Uh, I guarantee you, you will laugh out loud several times. It's uh, it's really good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, so you said Hulu exclusive, so it's definitely not on Amazon. Can't even buy it there. It looks like no. It's the only place you can see it is on Hulu. Okay. But cool. uh, we'll, we'll have to whatever. Do you pay for Hulu? I don't even know how Hulu works anymore. Yeah, you can pay for Hulu. I think you can sign up for a trial. If you want hmm. to just jump on and watch the movie and then jump off, okay. that's an option. <laughs> we'll want to check it out. Yeah, I get a free trial. Yeah. Or find yeah. Uh, a friend who has a Hulu account and uh, let them hook you up. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. Palm Springs. <laughs> Palm Springs. Watch it. What do you got watch for it. us this week, John? You got to recommend? You've been out of town a lot. Have you seen anything good lately? Oh, man. Well, out of town uh, going camping for a lot of the last three weeks but I was, I was watching I was watching like what I watch every year the Lord of the Rings extended editions oh that's and a those just commitment so good yeah, yeah commitment I had them on my phone I load them up on my phone and um, they're just like great like laying in the sleeping bag like watching with headphones like probably half an hour a night um, maybe mm. an hour a night sometimes <laughs> um, just really enjoying those, especially with the extended editions. I've seen those a number of times, and there's always like something new in them that I didn't catch like the first nine times I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, all that said, like, yeah, that's an easy recommend, but I'll recommend something new. Um, the newest Netflix movie, well, maybe it's not the newest, but it's one of the newest. It's called The Old Guard, it's based on a graphic novel, and it's basically like a team of. Highlanders, you know, immortal soldiers who have been around for hundreds, if not thousands of years, um, just kind of surviving and like being in their little group, like always trying to do the right thing. Mm. Uh, And the whole basis of the movie is they come across a new person who has just become immortal and they have to walk them through the ins and outs and like the blessings as well as the curses. And of course, they focus more on the curses and, and kind of a a, a dark take on like the Highlander kind of uh, that Highlander. What is the word I'm looking for? The, the, like the whole Highlander take, like if you're going to live forever, right. you're going to see everybody, you know, die. And like, they go over that kind of thing. And like, it's, it's more emotional and maybe a little bit darker than 
like it's first advertised as. It's not like this super action-packed, though it does have a lot of action, though it is like ridiculously violent when it is showing that action. Um, it, it tends to be a lot more thinking than um, you might give it credit for just like seeing the preview for it. And Sarah actually watched part of it with me and I, I think she enjoyed it despite like having to look away for a lot of the violence. So that's uh, the old guard and um, Charlize Theron is really doing her best trying to cover up her South African accent. <laughs> uh, not doing very good job of doing that, but all the same, she does a really good job as the leader of this uh, group of soldiers. Nice. I keep on seeing that movie pop up uh, as something that uh, I should maybe watch. So I'm going to add yeah. it to my queue. Yeah. Put it on the list. Yeah, put that on the list. It's on Netflix. Uh, yeah, it says ancient warriors living in the shadows, fighting for what's right. But immortality can grow old and nothing lasts forever. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> speaking of nothing lasting forever, where can people find you, Jeff? <laughs> you can find me on <laughs> segways are getting amazing. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter, Carl underscore <laughs> Hungus 314. Jeff Glover, come follow me there. My name is college been expert. Where can we find all things Predator Minute? Well, you can find all things Predator Minute. Thanks for asking, Jeff. Uh, on Twitter, at Predator Minute. Uh, and we have, oh my gosh, this is exciting. Uh, you can email the show, PredatorMinute at gmail.com, or you can join the Predator Minute listeners palapa. Target the on- center of the palapa. Target's the center of the palapa. Target center of the Palapa. Target's the center of the Palapa. On Facebook, that's the Predator Minute listeners Palapa. And I had to be all excited. I, I think I even sent you uh, this <laughs> you email. Did. You did. Yes. yes. Yeah. But we have our first genuine listener email sent to predatorminute at gmail.com. And just like I promised all those weeks ago, if we receive a listener email, we will indeed read it on the air. So here we go. He says, greetings. Love the show. I don't know why I'm doing that whole like movie trailer, but (laughs) (laughs) I'll take it. When Dylan, 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 Dylan. because some damn fool accused you of being the best. Dylan, 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 is yelling about the Palapa. Target's the center of the Palapa. Which is, Pretty awesome that he's talking about this right here. Right. I hear him saying, targets the center of the palapa. Targets the center of the palapa! As targets. in, as in, the target is the center of the palapa. Targets the center of the palapa! Like a contraction, like target is the center of the palapa. Targets the center of the palapa! Right, like, here's the pizza. Here <laughs> is the pizza, not here is, anyway, it's a bad So he's analogy. not, it's not a directive, Target the center of the palapa. Target's the center of the palapa! It's an explanation. <laughs> Target's the center of the palapa! It's target. a reminder of the what target they're... is the center of the palapa, everybody. Target's the center of the palapa! It's a reminder of what exactly they're trying to blow up. And not just <laughs> not just everything about every palapa, but the center of the palapa. Target's the center of the palapa! It's still one of my favorite quotes from the movie. Yeah. <laughs> He goes on to say, but I think you guys are saying target the center like he's giving orders. Target's the center of the palapa. Does it make a difference? I don't know. Seems kind of inane (laughs) either way. And I would agree with you, Mike, here, in that they're blowing up every little bit of palapa. 
Right. <laughs> In the middle of them yelling it, they're blowing up Falafas. <laughs> Target's the center of the Falafas! Right. I think if the missile hits uh, slightly left of center, yeah, that shit will still blow up. Target's the center of the Falafas! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because as we as we saw way back when, there's like fuel cans just everywhere, just right. littered about the Palapas. Right. Uh, he go, Yeah, he, he concludes, he says, love the movie, the show, and the drops. Red Baron, one Valdez. I trusted your old mother, boy. Nice. Uh, keep it going, lads. I listen every week. R.I.P. Mac! Mac! When the clock strikes, yeah. half past six, that is from Mike, who signs off by saying, sent from 12,500 feet and falling. Hmm. <laughs> Mike, that, that was Mike. Thanks, Mike. That was Mike. So hopefully that wasn't like the last thing he wrote before he uh, <laughs> jumped, jumped out of that plane. plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we really appreciate it, Mike, and anybody else who listens out there. We really appreciate it. Um, so please, yeah, if, if you have any more uh, items or ideas you want read on the air, feel free to email the show or occasionally I'll read something from the Predator Minute listeners Palapa targets mm-hmm. the center of the Palapa. Targets, the center of the palapa. Targets, the center of the palapa. <laughs> we'll have to slow it down so yeah. I can just hear if he's saying, oh, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. Targets, the center of the palapa. Dylan. Uh, but for all things Predator Minute, I've been John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And until next time. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Oh, hey, did you hear that Schwarzenegger named his new dog Dutch? I saw that, and I was just so impressed. Uh, Brian Campus posted this link. He says, Arnold named his new pup Dutch, and the tweet reads, um, if you're not familiar with the tweet, or the Twitter account of Arnold Schwarzenegger, it is at Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I saw it first on the tweet because I followed. Yeah, at me Schwarzenegger. too. Yeah, yeah. He says he says meet the newest member of the family, Dutch. 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 He's ten months old, named after my character in Predator. Predator weighs, <laughs> weighs a girly one hundred three pounds. He doesn't say girly, <laughs> and is slightly have. afraid of Lulu. I think Lulu is his pony. Oh. But Lulu. they'll be best friends soon. <laughs> Milk is for babies. <laughs> Milk is for babies. You have to, to drink, drink beer. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was such a weird drop there. Oh, that was weird. It's like talking about taking uh, his competitor to a hotel room. I, I think he was talking. About, was he talking about Franco or was he talking about Lou? I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Lou Frigno, so, maybe, probably. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I'm going to change his mind in the hotel room. You're going to talk to him all night. <laughs> so, okay. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess we already signed off, so that was it. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, <was> everybody. It. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Stick and around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around.